Hello, Captain Idle here. Um, another fantastic preamble before we actually start doing these shows live. This one was recorded on the 27th of May 2020, and I had a few Skype problems at the beginning, so you may hear me talking about how I'm a big S or how my video size isn't quite right, so apologies for that, but other than that, you can find our regular stream at twitch.tv slash Timelines Talks. You can find uh, video replays on the YouTube channel, also called Timelines Talks, and surprise, you can email us at timelinestalks at gmail.com. Enjoy the episode, whether you're sitting in the car or having a run. I hope you're well hydrated. Regardless, have a nice time. See you next time. Coming to you live in Technicolor from the beautiful Hollywood Hills, California. The show where the total retail price of their advice is zero dollars. This is Timelines Talks. Featuring guest musical performer, Metallica frontman, oh my, it stars and garters. Also featuring, hey buddy, you're a tier high. Look out, it's Automaton 2000. And now, from Spreadsheet City, here's your host, Captain Hello, 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 and welcome. Oh, hang on. That one. No, not that one. That one. Ah, why is there a big S in the screen? Oh, where have I gone? (laughs) Okay, I am the voice of Skype now, apparently. (laughs) Where has my stream gone? Oh, no. What has happened? Why has this happened? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me just try. Hang on, hang on, hang on. That one, then that one. No. Okay, apparently I'm a big disembodied S now. Hello, DB strikes again. Yes, thank you, Twitch. Oh, I don't know why that's happening. Hang on, let me open Skype. Uh, Where's the call? Go to call. Does that work? Aha, now I am tiny. Let me make myself bigger. (laughs) Yes, we are here. (laughs) On the air, live technical systems. Seamless. No one noticed. Right. Guys, I'm going to start the stream now. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. How about you? <laughs> I thought I was. Right. Anyway, hello. Welcome, guys, to Timelines Talk, your weekly source of all things Star Trek timelines related. Joined with Miss Me. Uh, joined with. Rewind that. Joined with me always are Automaton 2000 and Stars and Garter. Say hello, guys. How are you doing? Hello, guys. How are you doing? <laughs> Oh, you I like my son. The universal translator seems to be breaking down for you. <laughs> it does. You it know, happens. Not a lot of people know this, but I actually sing that intro uh, live every single week. And so my throat is a little bit. It's very true. I'm amazed how you get it spot on every time. Yeah. And it sounds the same every time. It's amazing the consistency. Yeah. It's fantastic. Well, I watched those old uh, the Spoken Rocket Man by Captain Kirk, where he's smoking a cigarette and. <laughs> I took a plane mid-flight, and I'm going to be... I'm a rock. Hi. <laughs> cool. Anyway, so welcome to the show. We've got a lot of talk about this week. Actually, a lot more than we thought, didn't we? As we were sort of compiling our pre-show notes, we realised, oh gosh, there's a lot going on this week. Um, to start with, I have the very sad news that um, a dear friend of Star Trek itself, Mr. Richard Hurd, 
has unfortunately passed away uh, yesterday through complications. He is known most of all to us Star Trek fans as uh, Admiral Owen Paris. He also played a small part in, well, I said quite a large part in the TNG episode Birthright. He was also known for a few other things in the science fiction world, including uh, Commander John in V, and he was also in uh, Seinfeld and TJ Hooker, um, but we are sort of very unfortunately sad to see him go. Um, I think you've got a little bit more to say on the Birthright episode, Otto. He, yeah, I actually just watched it today when I uh, when I had heard the news and... Uh, it is a great episode, in no small part because of him, and hopefully we get some characters from that episode because mm. I really want to recap the whole thing and 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 cling on full style. So, but um, if you don't know the episode, the very short version, I'm going to sneak in an episode recap on you guys. <laughs> the very short version is Worf hears a rumor. This is a TNG episode that his father is in a Romulan prison camp. And so he goes to break him out and discovers that his father's not there, but other older Klingons are from a battle 20-some-odd years ago. So these um, Klingons living under Romulan rule have sort of become broken-down old warriors, and they have accepted their fate. But their children are still around, and Worf wants to remind them of where they come from. So there's a scene where... um, Worf has taken one of the young men out to talk on a hunt and they can smell the scent of their prey on the wind and they're getting all amped up, blood flowing Klingon style. So they're, um, they're all sitting around the table eating and talk kicks the door and he has some skinned goat or sheep or some kind of big animal and he sets it down on the table and he starts lecturing everyone, we've forgotten where we come from. Um, there's a song that they would sing as a lullaby. Yajakeo. He says it's a war song. No, come on. Fire streaks the heavens. <laughs> and he's getting everyone all amped up. And they start singing as a group. And the camera pans over to uh, LaCour, who, again, is this old, broken, defeated man who's given up. Uh, 23 years ago, he arrived, and you see him start to mouth the words because nothing rouses the blood like Klingon battle and song. And so he's great throughout the episode, but I just I, I think of that and mm. and uh, the, the subtlety with which he performed that role. So if you haven't seen it yet, it's a two-parter. We're in season six. Uh, go watch it. Definitely one of my favorites. I think we do need the full song at some point, Auto, as well. I think you know, <laughs> that's your homework assignment for next week. <laughs> Yes, it occurred to me today, they use it as a lullaby, but they don't realize it's a battle song. But it's in Klingon. If you're if you're Klingon singing in Klingon, how do you not know Fire Streaks the Heaven and you're singing that to your, your little newborn? So. Yeah, Rockabye Baby is about a child falling to its... Unpunished fires. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, we're very sad to see Richard Hurd go, and uh, hopefully his, uh, his memory will yeah, so- not be forgotten. Yeah, so far he's only got the one card in game as uh, Admiral yes. Owen Paris. Yes, um, uh, which we will talk card. about now. Actually, shall we have a quick mention on Mr. Owen, seeing as might as well play tribute to uh, who he is and how he represents in the game. Yeah. Um. So good old Thomas Eugene Paris's father, and uh, I believe they clarified that uh, the Commodore in Star Trek Beyond is his great grandfather. Oh, so, really? Because she's Commodore Paris, and I think ah. Simon Egg, who's a massive nerd, was like, no, yeah, that's Tom Paris's and Owen Paris's ancestors. They were just a nice little connection. Ah. Um, 
So I think this particular version of uh, Owen Paris comes from Pathfinder, which is, I think, like a season five or season six Voyager he was, episode. He was in a couple is, as well. I think he was in... Yeah, yeah he was in a good few. He was in the finale as well, because mm-hmm. obviously they get back to Earth and he's there. He's like, hey, man, how you doing? Um, it was a bit more formal than that, obviously. It wasn't just, hey, man, how you doing? I'm over to Earth. We're missing you. Um, <laughs> uh, but this is particular one is from Pathfinder, where it's, you know, it's all the story about Barkley getting into com- communication with uh, Voyager using... I'm sure it's some kind of related to a wormhole shenanigans. It was the Herogen Network, um, wasn't it? Something like that. That's the original one. Yeah. And they have to come up with a more consistent way of doing it because the Herogen are like, stop using those, get off our lawn! And then Seven <laughs> has to electrocute one of them and Taurus is like, nice. Um, but <laughs> these are many episodes, they're all blending together, don't worry about it. Um, but this, I remember particularly, I think almost the scene that the art comes from, because uh, Barclay's like, you know, there's like 150 people stranded on the other side of the galaxy. And he's like, yeah, one of them is my son. And I happen to care very much about it. Please don't act like I don't care. <laughs> and Barclay basically has to walk away with his uh, tail tucked between his yeah. legs because, yeah, you don't go and tell the Admiral that you don't care about that You don't care about his son. Um, not an amazing card. Uh, by all metrics, um, you know, a command sec sci, I believe, mm. um, but a decent early game gauntlet use, um, a few odd traits like pilot, which I don't quite get where that comes from, but he was, I think he debuted in the pilot mega, so I think he, he must uh, have taught his son, yeah, Thomas, <laughs> yeah, he took him out in the old shuttle over the plains of wherever they lived and was like, hey, son, take the stick. Maybe. Actually, one of my favorite um, uh, impressions he made on, on Star Trek as a whole was actually not with him. Sirs and I were talking about the episode, I think it's called 30 Days. Yeah. Voyager episode mm. where Tom does something illegal and gets thrown in the brig. He gets demoted. And, yeah, and one of the first things he does is is write to his father to explain what happened. Yeah, because he doesn't want him to think less of him without hearing his side of the story, so... I think that's a nice uh, touch that they added in. Yeah, because yeah. the thing is that with like Tom Paris' sort of, like, arc over the entirety of Voyager, Owen is a really sh- important character. And even though you can kind of get the impression that he's a bit of a dick from the way that Tom talks about him, like he was like had tons of expectations heaped upon him from an early age, very strict, very, you know, you're a Starfleet family person, you will go into Starfleet and become this person, even though Tom wasn't in the end suited for that. Like, even though you heard all this, it still came across as like a kind of a grounded reasonable admiral one of the better admirals we've ever had on star trek and he genuinely cared and did love his son even if he didn't have a picture of him but a picture of nicholas lacano on his desk (laughs) we'll forgive him that because they are very similar looking men (laughs) how long have you kept that one in the holster (laughs) it's it's a great little it's a great one um so yeah the, the actual card itself is not amazing but like i'm sure like a lot of like early game players got a lot of use out of me and he's it's just a fun card to have. I kind of hope we get another variant down the line, but you know, just even if we only that, get uh, one, it's still waiting for the admirals event. Really, aren't we? For all the uh... yeah, cart wreck time to shine. <laughs> Will that be ever? Anyway, rest in peace, Mister Richard Hurd. Okay, let's move on. Let me. How do I get rid of you? There we go. Sorry, not. That's very poor taste. I'm so sorry. Um, let's move on. Let's have a chat about the recent thing that hit our inbox recently, which was the Dunes player choice for new crew. Where I don't know if they actually specified in the email whether that was going to be for a pack or for an event, but we were given a choice. We were given a choice over there uh, four crew upcoming 
that they are interested in putting into the game. The four crew were Dinesh from Femme Fatales, Outpost Vina for Survivalist, Sulu and Gertrude for Plant People, and Homestead Janeway for Scientists. So it's an interesting... I don't know. I, I say I've played a year and a half, and I can't recall off the top of the head whether we've had a straight survey. I know it's been done previous, like there has been some sort of player's choice for the COP uh, Archer and Picard uh, event. Whether who you'd run um, for I that think in terms for event um, stuff like mega events and you know that as you mentioned the COP stuff, but in terms of like straight, who I think because I think it was for like, choosing a pack because mm. these are pack themes. I don't think we've ever had that before. It was a bit of an interesting thing to ask. Yeah. Um, Who would you realize the game? After, <laughs> I realized after voting that if this ends up being a six-pack or a Tuesday-pack or whatever, I'll never see them. I'm like, oh, I should have put it in reverse order. <laughs> they... Yeah, they yeah, might Yeah, put the next on top. <laughs> <laughs> I did say, you know, if you, if you like the original series, go for, uh, you know, Vina or go for... Go for Sulu and Gertrude if you're uh, interested in some more main cast. And if you're just playing horny, just go for Dinesh. <laughs> Complete the... Uh... Uh, man, Sulu and that plant, that, mate, that does it for me. <laughs> uh, um, so just to clarify for people who like who may have been confused as to who some of these characters were when they opened that email, um, Dinesh is from the absolutely awful episode Bound from Enterprise, which is, hey... What makes men horny? Green women. <laughs> Let's find out the origin of that particular Starfleet cautionary tale. No, hold on, because Enterprise was the king of replaying themes and episodes from other series. So this was this was Mud's women, Mud's women, yeah, from the original series. True. So they had to, yeah. they had to re reincarnate that as well as the Borg and everything else. And we do yeah. already have Maras and the other one. Navar, Navar, uh, played by uh, played by Miss Batten, who also is uh, Irina in game. One yeah. of your favorite cards, um, I think. I couldn't not forget that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's Dinesh. I'm sure she'll be an amazing card if she ever comes oh, out. Um, no. Outpost Vina is going to be our fourth variant of Vina, yeah. I believe, after Orion, Pining, and Rigel Seven. Um, I imagine it's going to be her in the slightly ripped shirt and like the very bleach blonde kind of hairstyle, yeah. which. If you're into that kind of 60s woman, I can totally understand voting for her. Bit of a bombshell. Um, and then we've got Sulu and Gertrude. I had to look up who Gertrude was, and apparently it's the plant from it I is, the man fact, This plant. Yes. <laughs> Guess what? I'm going to drop some truth on you. I've watched every episode of Star Trek that isn't TOS and TAS. Oh. Oh. I, Don't, I didn't know who Gertrude was either. So. No, yeah, no. Well, apparently there's... It's funny that they put Sulu and Gertrude in the Sulu and a plant when there is a conversation in the episode about what they want to name the plant. So it's like they should have had Sulu and Gertrude slash the other name. I feel like that would have been. It's like something ridiculous, like filter wiki or whatever the hell. (laughs) I I was I was looking at and like these are the kind of conversations they had on the NCC one seven oh one. Amazing. And And then Janeway. Homestead Janeway. Janeway. I I was confused as to who this even would be. I think a lot um, of I initially thought it could yeah. be someone from workforce, you know, when like everyone's brainwashed and working on that alien planet. But I think um, Auto put me right on this, and he has a theory as to what they mean. Well, they were talking about it in uh, in Discord today. So if you were there, mm-hmm. which most of our lovely viewers are from, <laughs> um, man, I don't remember the episode name, but it's the one uh, where 
Janeway and Chakotay pick up this virus. Resolutions. And they can't, right, resolutions, and they can't figure out how to extinguish it. So they send Voyager to continue on home. Those two plop down on an alien planet and try to solve this themselves. So um, I would imagine something like science for her, uh, maybe some medical. I think she studies the indigenous animals too. And if we get her, I'm crossing my fingers. We had Hot Tub Chakotay too. Uh, that yeah. might be my favorite character. Who's <laughs> that, not might be, that might be too hot for TV. Also, are you sure <laughs> this is an episode of Voyager and not just some fanfic you wrote? <laughs> Both actually, <laughs> both. Okay, yeah, they they yeah. they they were happy to receive your um submission back in 1996. No, no, that's for the Patreon supporters. If you support <laughs> an additional tier, you get autos fanfic. Yeah, no, it's, it's printed and bound, and you know, printing errors and everything. What you guys are missing? It's not fun. subscribing. No, no. Actual access to collector's items right oh. here, right now. There's actually a life-size stuffed model of Auto for everyone to get in the post. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All you do is you squeeze it and it says, Revenge! Woo! I'm like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Woo You put me in the building. All right, all right, enough of that. Yeah, so, right, yeah. Anyway, so, moving on. So that's the uh, player's choice, which is a bit of an unusual thing to see, but hopefully a little bit of maybe we'll yeah. be getting a bit more player input as we have been the last year. Uh, moving yeah, on, some. Sorry, go on. Yeah. Please. Oh, I was going to mention so like, it was a very bare survey. It's a case of rank mm. these things, then would you recommend Star Trek timelines? And it's a sort of case uh, of. Yeah. It's very much, uh, what do you rate of your employer? Uh, it's confidential? Yeah, just, yeah. yeah I love it! <laughs> it's like... great, it's great, it's fine. I'd, I wouldn't recommend it to any of my friends, because they're, they're not as... They don't yeah, no, this is a very niche thing that I can't really talk, <laughs> I can talk to you guys about, obviously, but I can't exactly walk up to someone at work who, like, you know, is playing <laughs> football and be like, Hey, do you want to play the Star Trek mobile uh, game? It's I have really had... Good <laughs> I have had a friend of mine, who I've known for quite a long time, come over me and go... What are you doing all these spreadsheets for? I'm like, because uh, I, I, I want to. And he goes, yeah, but what's it for? Stuff. <laughs> I'm not telling you. You could have just said it was like for porn and that would have been less embarrassing. <laughs> okay, now to be fair, I think Star Trek has become getting back a little bit in vogue, if I can mm-hmm. use that reference and sound hip. Because we have all these new shows coming up. Uh, yeah. Quentin Tarantino is in the news for maybe directing a Star mm-hmm. Trek movie, so... It's not totally lame, guys, I swear. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds pretty lame to me. Let's move on. <laughs> let's let's move on. Let's go. Um, something we neglected to talk about last week, which we should have, was the uh, actually having a little bit of a UI change in the game, which is actually having two deals on the screen at the same time and being able to flick between them quite easily. Now, for the VIP Zero crowd, this is of like, yeah, whatever. But like for some of us that have kind of won... A little bit of the option and how we use our dilithium, it's, it's, or how we gain dilithium. It's a little bit of an in- interesting fact that they would offer, here's the big 50 quid pack, or $50 pack, and here's the, the littler one. So it's um, uh, interesting to see how, why, you know, how they've brought that in, and a little bit of sort of streamlining of the UI changes. Yeah, um, especially because, like, um, I, I don't know if, you know, how aware our audience might be, but I imagine if they're in the Discord, they're relatively clued in. But um, this, the game was recently acquired by a different company and a slightly different developer. And it seems like this is a slightly faster pace of, you know, like quality of life change than we've seen in the past. Like, how long has it been that we've been wanting a new ship menu? Oh, we've suddenly got it now. Yeah. How long have we been wanting, you know, skipping animation for ship battles? Oh, we've got it now. We've got, and it's like, these are nice little, it's a nice pace for it. 
Um, and as you say, like, if you're VIP zero, you don't give a, a single flying toss yeah. about you know, the fact that you can flick through offers. But for me personally, like I took two bites on the um, 10 for 10s. I got a pretty good ratio of four goals out of the 20, which mm. is like astounding luck. Um, and, and then I was able to just like, you know, flick through. And one of the other things that was interesting was that they ran it for a few days, as I recall. Yes. It was like what, two or three days. Yeah, they are extending the offers a little longer. Which is yeah. good and bad because it's good because it reduces the oh gosh this is going to go away soon impulse buy but bad because you keep seeing it you keep thinking ah uh, no 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 I'm not I'm not <laughs> yeah. yeah no if we could only combine the speed up option with the <laughs> pop up option and speed through yeah. the pop ups then we're getting somewhere I feel I feel like that's the only other thing that I would actually want added is a case of like um, back in the day. I'm, I'm sure you young kiddies don't remember, but there used to be an awful pack off, which I'm pretty sure this is like the third time I've mentioned it on is this. Is it so. Falcon Falls? Cause no, I was going to make mention of um, Say All the Stories, guys, that ah. awful schematics offer where it was like $8.99 for like Borg Cube schematics, which you get from Darbo <laughs> every day anyway for like 5,000 credits. I'm so why pretty sure we know some people that would take that. <laughs> yeah. That was the Peanuts comic, I Got a Rock, holding the bag. You know? Yeah, a little bit. Um... And it was a case of whenever that would pop up, you'd go, oh, and you'd wish you could just like get rid of it forever. So what I would personally like is if I see an offer I don't care for and I don't want to see it popping up every time I have to relaunch the game, I would like dismiss, do not show me this particular ad ever again. And I feel like that would also be useful for the developers as well because they could more accurately catalog who is actually interested in this offer versus who isn't. Don't hold your breath on that one. (laughs) I, I will not hold my breath. I would turn a very entertaining shade of blue, but... That's the only other kind of thing I can see UI-wise that would be nice to have. Uh, and one other tiny UI change. Well, not quite a UI change. I, I think it's new. They uh, are putting links embedded in the mail that yes. they send out. So for the survey yesterday and then I think event notes today, you can click that little thing and then your phone will ask you for permission, for browser permission, and I just hit back and then... Which is interesting because I think a lot of the, there's a fair amount of the people who play the game, the sort of, you know, they just stay in the game and they stay in universal chat. And it's interesting that they don't put the links to the stats straight into the email. They force people to go out. So maybe that's a conscious conscious decision to enable the community to interact, possibly. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, no, it is it is a nice little UI change. Like I think that previously, when they had to you know, ask you for the, the surveys at Mega Events, they had to like just put you a link or say go to the GB forums and you would vote there. So actually, having a direct link is a nice little bit. Yeah, copying in the URL one letter at a time. <laughs> I know older people who is, is, is this a forward slash or a backslash? I was forget. You'd be surprised. As someone that puts the link to this stream in about three different Discord, three or four of different Discords every week, I'm just like, I need, is that is it forward or backslash? I should know this. <laughs> Too reliant on just tapping. Yeah. Anyway, oh. so yes, UI changed this week. Something a little different. Hopefully, progress to a little bit of what we've thought of as stagnation in the game. Hopefully, a little bit of forward uh, progress. So, uh, moving forward, one quick mention, the Voyager cast had an interesting stream this week, didn't they? They had a, a sort of a little bit... I haven't watched it myself yet, um, I'm planning to, but they uh, they all got together on a stream and had a, had a little chat. Yeah, I watched it this morning and it was, it was pretty entertaining. They're doing a lot of celebrities these days with the prevailing circumstances, are doing um, streams from home and interacting and... and sort of fundraising that way. So um, this was a fundraiser for the Actors Guild. 
And uh, if you want to know more, I'm, they talk about it in the video. Uh, it's up on YouTube. We'll try to include a link if we can. But yeah, it was good. They had pretty much everyone from the main cast there rotating in and out and asking questions and discussing stuff. I think it was just over an hour. And uh, it had me almost on the floor laughing at one point. So it, it was it was entertaining. It's worth a watch. Yeah, cool. So I thought we'd give a quick mention. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about the, the juicy details. Let's talk about the next event, the uh, Galaxy event coming up featuring Kate and Kira from um, Far Beyond the Stars and the Gredner blog, our favourite packlet coming to, uh, from Samaritan Snare, the Season 2 episode. Let's have a quick chat. Uh, I say a quick chat. It probably takes about five hours. Uh, let's have a bit of a chat about <laughs> Kate and... Uh, and what she means, she's a bit of an interesting one, really, um, just of what she represents with the skill set. Um, please, guys, tell us more. Um, so as <laughs> someone who wrote her note in the book, book I feel mm. qualified to tell you that. I, I'm quite excited for it, not just because like I, I, it scratches that little itch, which I mentioned before, which is the case of if you can get a character that has, is the only version of that character with a skill, you know, like the only Kira with a side base or the only cook with an end base or any of this kind of thing it scratches a little thing behind my ear and it's it's always lovely and it's like you know, i think this curious is the number seven side base at the moment and it's like while this skill set is wildly overpopulated not for kira and you know if you've managed to miss out on someone like tanavik or pop card or any of these recent mega crew she would be a decent filler in for that um She's not going to break, you know, she doesn't break the world for anyone. I wouldn't recommend anyone you know, break their computer screen going for her because in the end she is just another side dip demand, which is incredibly common nowadays, mm -hmm. even more so among five stars. Um, but I don't know, like she's, she's a decent event piece. Like if you're looking, you know, if you're looking for a, a reason to justify having Kira going eh, with some nice like ready tea, then by <laughs> all means go for her because like she's going to be useful to you at some point down the road. It's just a case of She's not going to be an event powerhouse, I don't think. And again, Voyages, she's merely okay. Yeah, I'll hit one high and one low. And the high being um, contradictory to what my Steam colleague just mentioned, I think she might be really great for events because <clears throat> we're looking back, I'm getting back into the game a couple of weeks ago. I updated all my event tracking and such because it's just so much fun. And <laughs> Kira, the character, her variant events by year, starting in 2016, go four events in 2016, four events, one event, four events, and then three already this year. So she may hit four again. She's really one of the most consistent event names in the game. Um, and like Star said, having the only Psy, um, when I first heard the, the characters coming out, I thought, ooh, Bajoran, there's no Bajorans with science. We've had two Bajoran events. We might get Omega. Turns out she doesn't get that. Like her um, magazine colleague, Herbert Rossoff, doesn't get Ferengi, even though he's a Quark variant. So yeah. that's the high. She should perform very well for faction shuttles, even if you only get one or two seats. Top 10 Psy base, only cure with Psy. Now, the downside is um, if you have the snapshot of the spreadsheet you can put up there we were talking a lot about skill set and someone asked uh, i think dc pilot prior number two event almost winner <laughs> great guy was asking about uh skill sets and kira's there we go side dip command i think in that order um is actually becoming very very bloated side command used to be on the rare side and it's nowhere near that now um 
But even with a Psi primary, she shares a skill order with two previous Megas, Picarda number one and Sirach. Um, at least the first one most people should have. And then if you look at the skill set as a whole, you also bring in um, Tenovic, Time Lord Tenovic, and uh, I think Mamba Picard is in there, a former giveaway crew. Yeah. Um, who else did I have on there? Well, it's actually Scrooge Data campaign crew, and then a lot of event crew. Riker Odan was recent. Psy Officer Spock, I think, second half of last year, or halfway point. New Eden Pike, same thing. So she does have quite a lot of competition. Um, and her being of middling, middling for new crew rank in the 70s, you would have to really add a lot of stars to bring her up to competing with these other crew who you get usually several of their stars at a time and sometimes for free. Yeah. Well, it's actually funny you mentioned um, she would have been the only Bajoran um, with uh, side. Actually, incorrect. Uh, Prophet Sarah Cisco. Has I'm sorry, I meant number one. Yeah, yeah. She would have been the new number one, but yeah, because she doesn't have that trait. That's kind of why I'm a bit down on her event future, just because. Shut up, Otto, you moron. <laughs> um. <laughs> Like, um, that is the thing, because she doesn't have a Bajoran trait, and I think Bajoran Mega is one of the more likely uh, Megas to have down the road, it does hurt her future prospects, because her other traits are not good. There's communicator, writer, resourceful, and it's like, it's not human Starfleet Federation, but it's nowhere near good. Uh, our colleague Big Larkshman, who's there? I'm terrible oh, at talking tonight. Too. What is you me? Big, big, large, large, huge. There we go. Big, look, large, big, what you? <laughs> that guy, our colleague, who I can't pronounce because his name escapes me, says Solar Sail Cisco. Also, ah, uh, yeah. Happy go. meal of the week. I think there's four Bajoran crew with Sai, but she would have been number one with uh, that being her primary. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as as it is, like she's good crew. Like I'm personally gonna be shooting for her, and I'll be happy to have her, especially because the art is just like it's just nice and happy and wholesome. She's she's really happy with her tea. Um, but it's just a case of she's not gonna like light anyone's world on fire, and I wouldn't blame you for taking the week off if if our other wonderful crew doesn't strike a fancy. <laughs> Lovely segue. I like your work. So moving on, let's have a chat about our. Oh, I, th I think I I've been waiting for this guy to come into the game for a while, just purely because I want to see what DB have done with them, and I think it's the most appropriate character to stats we have seen in a game yet. So we're talking about, uh, and I'll bring him up here, Greb. Oh, well, let's get rid of that. Hang on. Uh, there we go. Uh, Greb Nedlog, uh, the packlid from the season two episode Samaritan Snare. Um, I won't go too much into the episode here because I think we all know what it's from. It's from the uh, the one where the Enterprise drops Picard and Wesley off in a shuttle to go off and have a nice chat about tea and women. And then uh, uh, Riker completely fluffs up, gives away his chief engineer to a bunch of idiots who then outsmart him. <laughs> <laughs> and give us phrases like, make it gull. And uh, <laughs> our we ship is small. broken. <laughs> And my favourite line in the whole thing, if I can just find it here, is just like, uh, she's armed. No, no, it's it's that, but it's also no, no, Geordie no. saying, uh, you know, your ship, it's armed to the teeth. And <laughs> the, the uh, I think it's either Grebneg Log or uh, Reginald just turns around and said, teeth are for chewing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Makes me. If, if we're not going to do the whole episode, we got to at least do the quotes because I wrote a few down. <laughs> Go, please, please. And the episode is a gold mine. Oh, it's so too they, good. Well, when they first run up, run across the ship, Jordy says, "Let me guess, their rubber band broke." <laughs> I do like the, uh, the, there's the classic one from Wesley. Uh, on, I've got a big, you, you know which one I'm going to say. And he goes, you know, Picard and Wesley, you know, Picard's just pretty much blanked Wesley, walked into the back of the shuttlecraft and Wesley follows him and they're, t- they're eating, you know, Picard's drinking coffee. He's drinking a cup of coffee out of character, early seasons, who knows. And cucumber sandwiches and they're talking about, you know, Picard is like, oh, I've, I've never had time for marriage or children. And Wesley just comes out with... Where women are concerned, I'm in complete control. <laughs> and you're just like, really? But the whole episode is just dick jokes the entire time. It's at the start of the episode, you know, it's Picard and Pulaski, and they, they, they're they talking to each other, and Pulaski's just like, you know you need operation on your, you know, the, and he's just like, I'm not going to talk about it, don't talk to the crew. And then halfway through, yeah, halfway through their own episode, you're just like, Oh, his heart. Oh, there I see what you did there. <laughs> but yes, uh, that's sort of the that's kind of the A plot is Picard's sort of heart transplant in the background is Riker just going, How are they doing this? <laughs> How could they have won? You're talking trash about me. <laughs> Sorry, Picard. Like, I think like the two things I pulled because uh, me and Otto I watched the episode as well, just like you know, because it seemed appropriate. Uh, and two things I sort of took away from it. Number one was, um, wow, Picard, you're really going to, like, just take this entire side thing on a shuttle with Wesley just so that <laughs> Pulaski doesn't have to operate on your heart? Isn't that a bit of a, a round trip? Like, but whatever. Like, he's Picard. He gets to do whatever he wants. He can't, he can't criticize the man. Um, number two, however, is that it just reminded me that like Riker has this incredible um, character flaw, and I think it's hilarious. <laughs> um, and it's that Riker is incapable, absolutely incapable, of fighting a square fight. Every single time he gets into like a, a ship battle, he always has to come up with the most overcomplicated plan possible, rather than just firing phases. And it comes through <laughs> even worse here than in one, one of the other most egregious examples, because it's like. Oh man, like the the Packlers have got Geordie, even though we you know we shouldn't have let him beam over. We could have beamed over Sonia Gomez for God's sake. And in fact, <laughs> Worf makes a a very good point. He goes, "Should we really be sending our chief engineer?" And Riker's just like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, pardon it's, my French. Stars and I were watching this episode together, so we watched this all unfold chronologically. And first. Riker completely ignores his chief of security's advice, which we're like, okay, Picard does it all the time, whatever. And then the empath comes on board and she's like, they're completely untrustworthy. He's like, no, we'll send Jordy over anyway. <laughs> and then Jordy's trying to like blink SOS while he's on the ship. And Riker's like, no, just, just finish up. You're doing okay. And we'll bring you back afterwards. So These not his best spin enough. as the CEO of the ship. Yeah. Because after the Packlets have revealed that they're not quite as dumb as they look, um, he comes up with this incredible plan to blow hydrogen out through the facade collectors and send out a crimson force field or whatever the <laughs> bloody thing is. And it's like, case of, Riker, you could have just fired phases. <laughs> you could have just fired phases. And it just brought to mind the fact that in the end, the Enterprise D one day is going to be sat on Viridian 3, cracked in two, 
because Riker, instead of just firing phases at a 20-year-old bird of prey, decides, no, I need to trigger their cloaking device with a ridiculous <laughs> MacGuff. Data, do that. Wolf, don't fire. <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. But you know what? Are you okay, Stars? You need to talk to someone, maybe? Riker's so dumb! <laughs> there's a lot of there's a one one last thing that that sort of uh got me was uh the last sort of final of the act you know picard's in surgery and uh he's lying there and there's a routine procedure it's perfectly fine and but there are complications because why would they need some other drama and uh, one of the lines, you know, it's a very cheesy, sort of very late 80s medical procedure. It's like, I can't stop the heterocyclic degradation. We need a biological <laughs> physiologist I'm in sorry. here. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that actor is amazing. This, <laughs> this guy knew going in, he was going to have eight lines. And his agent is like, look, man, you have this many lines. You better make everything. Yeah. This man is going to die. And it's, it's, quite, on his face. it's quite funny because we go from... We need a molecular bi- physiologist in here, and then it f- flicks to the Packlids who go make us strong, and then it goes back to capillary integrity too unstable to make an insect. <laughs> yeah, they were cutting like every other line. <sighs> oh God! So we're definitely not recapping this. Episode. No, no, we're, we're we're not. We're just brief mention. Anyway, the crew himself, and a question I just saw in the chat from uh, Prime Lorca was. Uh, where his engineering proficiency ranks among super rares, I can't tell you his proficiency straight up, but his base is the lowest engineering base super rare in the game, but that is... I'm pretty sure it makes Colonel Carr look like Geordie LaForge. He is... <laughs> where are we? Colonel right, Carr, so he is... Yeah, he's 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 bomb. But then here's his Last week, I gave you all the trivia about uh, G.I. Chakotay having the lowest base of any super rare. And so, DB, <laughs> since I know you're listening to this, give me Hot Top Chakotay, goddammit. <laughs> so, so they went and gave Gred Neblog, whose name we've all practiced before the show, the lowest base of any super rare. You certainly did, I didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah it, it's pretty hilarious, and it's like... Sometimes the stats don't always dovetail with um, with what a character is like in the show, you know. Because sometimes it's like, hey, look, you know, we're going to make uh, Picard number one, a man and his dog, the number one side base. Like, okay, um, whatever. But then sometimes, sometimes they nail it, and you know, I think it's like what, an engineering proficiency of six to twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's t- tiny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. As a card, otherwise he's about what a Packard should be. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he has a pretty good attack boost. It's plus nine at six seconds, which I believe the only other super rares who have that are Sarek, the disco version, um, who I think lasts for eight seconds, and then Mira Burnham, plus nine, uh, she lasts for ten seconds. So he doesn't quite measure up, but um, if you don't have a fused legendary for attack, he can be pretty good. He's in a galaxy, so you'll get that four star for free yeah. and then he has um a pretty good dip base with a couple untapped traits like criminal and uh, thief and basically at this point i mean who knows what db is going to do in regards to events but they seem to be cycling through all sorts of these off the wall traits so if you can get traits with low bonus pools like 20 30 40 crew that have it just start collecting those, and I'm sure sooner or later it's going to pay off. Yeah, especially because, like, well, that was the thing when we were looking at Grebnidlog was the fact that not only has he got, like, a decent, I think it's, like, a number 11 dip base, yeah. um, 
and not only has he got these oddball traits, but I was looking through the pools um, on the vault, and it's a case of, these are not crew that have a lot of dip bases. If there were ever to be a criminal or thief uh, mega, you would use him in probably your first line of shuttles, just because you know it's mostly command or eng or one of these other skills. So it's a case of, it's worth having a look at your roster and thinking not just what oddball traits have I got here, but also what are these like skill sets in terms of these traits and like how do those two correlate to each other? Yeah. So absolutely worth grabbing. You know, it's a case of hmm. even if you're like you're a, a newer um, player, you're going to get used out of that base. You're going to get used to that attack boost and arena. You'll probably end up freezing it before long. And like you know, if you're a more established roster, it's a case of you know using for the event and then into the freezer, maybe never to be seen again. But the fact of the matter is, like, you never know what, you know, I don't think anyone of us could have called a pilot mega, like, of two <laughs> years ago. I think even with, like, you know, people like him and Braxton in the previous week, there will be shuttle use down the road, <laughs> eventually, depending yeah. on the trait, and I think, yeah, that's it's worth considering. I think he's a little bit more useful than Braxton, but, yeah. Yeah, good old vagrant Braxton, <laughs> the, the true boss. <laughs> he's ever... got a cyber. <laughs> Should we have a quick chat about our existing crew this week for bonuses for people in game? Uh, yes. Nearly at 1500. Professor Scott. Oh, I disabled my scanner. Let's put that back on. Scan that man. Computer. Computer. Make me some transparent aluminum. Hello, computer. <laughs> Best scene ever. How quaint. He starts off doing the chicken pack and then he goes into full da, 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 yeah. Hollywood hacker style. I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, a key, so yeah, oh, QWERTY. It's QWERTY. Oh, right. <laughs> this old thing. Can you imagine <laughs> if we were like, oh, we use Azerty? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's Dvorak now. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, our existing crew is the inimitable Professor Scott um, from Star Trek for the Voyage Home. As uh, Idol said, one of the single best scenes that Star Trek has ever given us. <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, watch chances it. are you're locked down go and watch it why not it's the only film i could watch my family because it's the least nerdy <laughs> nerdy uh, a... i don't know double dumbass on you is pretty nerdy <laughs> <laughs> no i'm from iowa i only work in outer space there's a bus there's a whale what else do you need yeah exactly um so an actual scotty event um these mm. are incredibly rare um, and uh, it's actually funny that they chose Professor Scott for this, like, um, because I actually wrote a uh, column, a very infrequent column, um, on the Star Trek um, timeline subreddit about like unappreciated crew um, that often have re- either terrible or really bad variants, or who don't have five star variants at all. Uh, and the very first one I wrote about was Scotty. Um, this was pre TOS Mega, before he actually had Triple Herder, before there was Claymore, before you actually had decent Scotty variants. And Professor Scott, I actually singled out as this is a card that should be good but isn't. Um, because he had a decent eng base at the time. I think he was like a top 10 base at the time. Um, he has some instant damage on ships. Um, he has some decent traits like Prodigy and like Undercover Operative. Like things that seem like he should. And he's a main cast character. Like you would think that he would be more useful, but it never ended up quite panning out. Um, so actually seeing him get some event use is nice, as is the recent uptick in Scott events. I think we're up to. What, like six character events if we count in the TOS Four. Mega? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you count the Mega, it'd be seven, I believe. Uh, it is yeah. seven, yes. Um, so it, it's just nice to see the original Miracle Worker get a bit of love. Um, 
that being said, also did mention to me, oh yeah, all of these events have been Galaxy, so <laughs> in space is not that much use to you unless he is a featured character. But even still, it's just, it just gives me a nice warm feeling in my belly, you know? <laughs> Well, the first out. 20 months, he didn't have any events. And then I think we had one in 18, one in 19, and two. And this is already the second one this year. So exponential growth tells us that in 2024, he will have a bonus every single week. So hang on to your Professor Scott's. <laughs> and, um, and that is Bible mathematics, and you can absolutely quote Otto on that. If you don't, you are allowed to prosecute. <laughs> hey, this is, how, this is how we do the big book, guys. We take, you know, past... Stats and we just extrapolate. So. Yeah, no, it's all scientific. It can't be called into question. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick chess, uh, quick question from the chat uh, from Prime Lorca. Are there any bonus crew with Psy Primary this week, or is Professor Scott going to get all of the missions? Let's see what's the pool this week. It's uh, Thief, Paris, Thief, and. Uh, 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 thief, thief with Science would be Labor Spock, 1200. Um, Mira Zephram Cochran, Fenim, Arixun, Dareth, and Bounty Hunter Mud. So those are some pretty esoteric crew. You may not have most of them, but Labor of Spock, if you have them even at one star, will probably do the trick. And so Paris events, I think, um, is Krenim guest Paris? He's, I think he's Dip. No, no, he's Dip Command Inch. Oh, uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. Um, yeah, no, not very many side crew, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, yeah, Scott, Scott is the other bonus crew. Um, uh, well, I guess you're hinting much tapping of keyboards that. going on here. Have we found a new avenue of discussion? Have we found out the weakness? <laughs> yeah, if you don't have if you don't have thief science, then you're yeah. rolling with Professor it, Scott. It's sure. quite a small trait, to be fair. It's, there's not yeah. Many what is it like a report? Like maybe twenty crew. It's very yeah. interesting that they're picking on these small ones after going with so many mm. big ones like. You know, like Pilot and Romantic were massive, and now Thief is one of the smaller pools I think there is, apart mm. from some of the more obscure racial traits. And yet we're still waiting <laughs> for our Brat event. Come on, Q Junior started it. Where is it? Come on. <laughs> we have actually we haven't talked too much about event preparation. I think we're going to kind of make that its own show because there's yeah. a lot to cover. But in Galaxy, faction, especially. Definitely. Yeah, in, in, in case like this in Galaxy where you get one of the crew for free, if you really don't have anyone to cover a skill and you get that community reward crew, you can collect them, sort of level them up as the day go, days goes go on and then use it near the end on maybe Sunday night or Monday to do most of your crafting. And that will save you a few um, super rare uh, crit tokens. Definitely. Um, uh, just a quick one on our notes. You wanted to talk about uh, Labour Kirk and DF Paris. Yeah, so Labour Kirk and Delta Flight Paris got a bonus last week and this week. And this is the third bonus week in a row for um, Captain Proton Paris. Mm. So if you shelled out 120 some odd hollow programs to build them, <laughs> this is your chance to show him. That's a lot. It is a hard build. Yeah, just, just yeah but the thing is, they like they like throwing those crew in there. It's like you know, not necessarily the best of crew. Like one seven hundred one Jadzia Dax has God knows how many features, and mm. like uh, Dark Age McCoy, I think is the single most featured legendary in the game. And they're not amazing crew, but you know, depending on where you are at the game, it doesn't really matter whether mm. or not they're amazing. But if they can put in the work for you, you're gonna you're gonna appreciate them. It was the best of crew. It was the blurst <laughs> of crew. You stupid monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> References for you, Gary. Yes. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it won't be long before a full-blown Simpsons uh, podcast. Um, Honestly, so far off. <laughs> well, 
would you play a Simpsons equivalent of Star Trek timelines? I think I would. I would only <laughs> accept that if like Patty or Selma was like the number one command. <laughs> That's the only that would be my one stipulation. Oh, would Homer That's Simpson be the Gred, Gred Neblog? <laughs> yes, absolute ass proficiencies at everything. But he's like he would be med science, <laughs> but no, he'd terrible stats. Tim on old be- Gill. <laughs> See, I, old Gil would be like a, a dip one skiller, but he'd be the number one dip base, and he'd be like a thousand points better than everyone else. So Mo being a bartender has to be dip med, right? That's like a requirement. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh. oh, we can have an episode of this. This is April Fools. This is yeah, no, Simpsons. I'm dancing. I'm dancing. <laughs> <laughs> from the chat, uh, Vodjorgoman says, uh, Mr. Plow variant has to be number one in something. <laughs> that name again is Mr. Plow. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving on, moving on. Yeah, let's moving talk over. <laughs> let's save that. <laughs> I'm going to write that down because that needs to be done. Um, let's talk you about. If we ever get a, a character played by a Simpsons voice actor, that's a hard lock. Ooh. It must be someone. It must oh, be someone. They're, they're getting on a bit now, aren't they? Well, we have we do have a Family Guy voice actor. We um, do, yes. Who is in Star Trek? So, Ensign Rivers, yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's Ricky. We're, we're getting closer. We're getting yeah, closer he closer. should be featured. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about our Tuesday pack this week, featuring the very cute Archer and Porthos. Look at them, aren't they adorable? And let me pop them up on the stream now, rather than just. Right, <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. There we go. And yes, while I'm waxing li- t- uh, lyrical about them, there's Archer and Porthos. Isn't that cute? A nice little moment from the Riser episode, which I can't remember right now because I forgot to note it. But uh, here they it's, are. So, it's oh, not a great episode. It's uh, two days uh, no. and two nights. Um, oh, the highlights the one, yes. are Trip and Reed getting stripped naked. Um, Ooh, now I remember. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All I have to do is mention male, male nudity and auto just perks right up. Um, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, so, so to speak. speak. So to speak. Um, and uh, Archer's entire B-plot is about like some uh, some spy is trying to get in on him and it's like, oh, look, is it going to be a romance? No, it's just a spy. Yeah. Um, and I think they bond over their dogs. I think that's a thing. Well, wait, so we do have Five Star Tourist Trip or Tourist Tucker. I think mm-hmm. they changed his name. Uh, he's from that episode, right? And then the Four yeah. Star Tourist Reed. Yeah. And technically, uh, injured mountain climbing Mayweather would be from the same one. If we get hibernating flocks, I believe oh. we would have a full set. God bless you for watching Enterprise because I don't remember anything past <laughs> no. like the first episode. It's my cross to bear. I I remember the first half of the first season. I remember the Zindi season, and that's it. <laughs> Season four is the best season. I like, season yeah, four, yeah, if oh, I remember right. Season four is great. It starts getting going. I get so into it, and then they drop that steaming pile <laughs> on you as the last episode. What are you oh. talking about? The last episode is Terra Prime. There's no last episode. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. Well, that was not great. It's either, like those Matrix sequels. Thing oh, weird but anyway, getting back on the topic. So, new crew. Yes. Um, with a nice little puppy um, oh. to make the fact that his stats and overall image is boring. I'm going to come out and say he's boring. Well, you have Humbled Archer already, who's a crew who's basically better in almost every way. His base is... No, we did calculate this because we were going back and forth on his value. His base is 0.0015% better than <laughs> Archer and Porthos. So if you're a min-maxer, 
that's mm. good to keep in mind. He's got, he's got the better skill set. He's got a little bit of gauntlet play if you're a newer player. Um, and his voyage rank, I think, is exactly uh, one point or one rank above his. So if you have him already fused, you know, this is not like a Kirk or a Dax or a Burnham where you need to collect as many variances as you can to stuff the shuttles. This guy gets like one event, one and a half events per year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you see an event count any higher, it's because probably because he has the pilot trait and they picked up five. So Yeah, that's true. Uh, his surface level ranks aren't bad. Dip base three, which will make plenty of shuttles even without a bonus. And then I think he's like right around 50 for voyages. So... He's okay, but there's nothing outstanding about him, and that skill set is killer. Yeah, especially since we've had some real like humdingers the last few weeks. Like we had Sinister Picard, and we had Deton Paris. Same skill set, I'm, sl- I'm sure they're in slightly different orders, but the fact of the matter is those those two were way better voyagers and have much better event futures than any archer could possibly hope to have. Yeah. So if you're getting this archer, you're primarily getting him for the art, ideal. Mm-hmm. Which you <laughs> well, know, add, or add, because of the pack he comes from. Yes, this is true. So Speaking this of. pack is amazing i feel who do you want to cover first because there's a couple of big hitters in here shall we go for the biggest shall we talk about the king of kings essentially the original the, the og as it were the, the og seven what about the queen of queens though oh, mm. how, who, who, which way do you want to go <laughs> let's talk about well, gary know, seven here he is yeah, you know what, yeah. <laughs> let's start with the probably the most sought after crew in the entire game and uh first time talking about a tier a tier one uh crew and yes he is available in the pack and i've seen many posts on uh the discord uh, of people going for him spending a lot and going i'm gonna just pull a few more oh no i haven't got him oh no i got archer oh i was going for gary it's gary seven yeah no it's just what else is there to say about he he is the ultimate stud the ultimate man um I'm going to throw a bomb into the room, as it were, and I'm going to say I think he is slightly overrated. <laughs> um, just because I cannot stand using him in Gauntlet. Oh. Um, I find him really unreliable there. I'm sure that's my bad luck, but I'm just going to come out and say it. <laughs> Throwing a bomb in the room. <laughs> Everything else, absolutely amazing. Like Incredible, you know, excellent base power, the single best sex I voyager in the world, but I do not like his use of alien. I think it's the first and, uh, time I've seen auto stun to silence. There you go. I, I'm sure he. I'm sure he's building up all kinds of reasons why I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> oh, I already have a stockpile. I don't need to think about it. Uh, right, guys, sit sit down for a while. Here we go. Well, this kind of dovetails with a question that we have uh, later on. Thing about like uh, what features would improve. In fact, matter is, I hate Gauntlet. I hate Gauntlet. The worst of any feature Thank in the you. entire game. Yeah. And if we're going to get into conversations about it, everyone's experience in Gauntlet is completely subjective. My experience in Gauntlet is that Carry 7 sucks. You'd think he's more reliable than he is, but the fact of the matter is I have had way more luck with someone like Awaiting Burnham or Armist than I've ever had with Gary 7. I'm sure that's my personal experience, but I'm not gonna I can't possibly take away his base power or his voyage ranks. First to serve, auto. <laughs> I gotta get my jokes in while I can't. We were gonna <laughs> do a quick recap of Far Beyond the Stars, during which um, <laughs> Benny Russell is is so excited. He's a, he's a writer in the story. He's so excited that he's he's getting his magazine story printed at three cents a word. Now, if I made three cents a word, if Stars made three cents a word for the big book, we wouldn't need the payment we're getting for this show. That's all I'm going to say. Now, on to Gary Seven. He has. Um, before we get to the card, he he's come from some really great packs, which I think is notable. When he 
premiered in 2018, mid 2018. He was on a pack with Gangster Spock, who was far more formidable two years ago, who you would only need one star of. And then Protomorphosis Barkley, who was Voyager 30 something. He had two big bases, which was fairly rare for back then. I remember pulling in and striking out on him, which is the extent of my whining. And then he came back um, later in the year in a pack with Imprinted Archer, who has a great med eng skill set, and Triple Herder Scotty, who, even though he's in the portal now, I think he debuted as a top 10 uh, eng voyager. We were like, finally, a good Scotty. And then now this pack that he's in, um, even if you're not in love with Archer, Archer is a good enough crew, and we have Miss Puppies herself to talk about next. So... Um, the stats, you know, I find him plenty competent in Gauntlet. You know, he may not be an auto-include. I think he only has one skill set that hits 45%, which I think is like resourceful section 31 and something else. Yeah, uncover operative, I think is that. That's right, uncover operative. Um, but for someone who, this is my fourth account now, I can't afford to keep buying Kalis every time. He gives you a good enough command sec role that there's always you don't really have walls of command sick crew. Now dip size, sure, you get locutus everywhere. Anything with ends, you get caretaker everywhere. But I find the command sick, there's not always so many walls. So I can usually find one guy who's who Gary Seven's roles can beat. And then um sec Psy, if you don't have, say, Burnham or if if you want to stack up if it's if it's a featured skill or whatever, I find him good enough. Now he's not spectacular, but he's maybe in that tier two, two and a half of gone tiers for me personally. So I really like him there. And then I've said enough last week about his voyage potential. So, you know, a six pack may not be the best place to go for him, especially since he's already in the portal, but uh, he is a very great crew. If you're not big event hog. Yeah. And as you've said, there's no, uh, if you're going to take a shot at any of the uh, six packs, this is probably the one to do it because sidestepping Amanda for a moment, the four stars in this pack are not terrible. Like yes. uh, B4 is like a pretty competent Voyager. It doesn't really count. I mean, he's not going to get a lot of event work. He doesn't count as a variant of law or of data, but he's competent enough. He'll get you out of trouble. Um, Lucero is a excellent Voyager. Like whether or not Disco Crew will like continue to get the same Voyager, um, same bonuses and events, we're unsure. Um, does she have the Disco who, tag? Yes, she does. Yeah, okay, because she, she's, she's on a, a short track. Yeah. Um, and of course we have um Roto, who's probably the weakest link in the pack, I'd say, because mm-hmm. even though he's main cast variant, he's just a two skiller. But if you need two skillers for events, um, and I think he also counts for timelines and regionals, even though he shouldn't. Does he? Mm-hmm. I don't believe so. Mm-hmm. I think let that's, me just um, someone in there who didn't who you didn't count when they should have. There's all. um. <laughs> Army, what's this? Hang on, sorry, I'm just putting up a game now. Well, I think the TLDR for this pack is there are no stinkers. No. Um, and I do hear many. Trader Odo talked up quite a bit for a pretty good dip base. Um, so I think it, I think he has the best uh, Odo security as well, which is curious because, you know, he's a security chief. But anyway, oh. he's, he's basically a good card. We have um, stars, I think. At least four shuttles. Yeah, we've lost stars temporarily. <laughs> uh, we get um, sucked into the void again. I think so. Oh, hang on. This has messed Echoes up all my layouts. <laughs> um, oh, Apologies for that. That's all right. Um, yeah, like, I guess like, Trey Rudo is like a perfectly, like, uh, Toto makes him sound so much worse than he is. Um, <laughs> Toto. God bless the rains down in Beiju. That's all I um, oh, so let's bad. have a chat about the other wonder horse in this fight, uh, in this race, is uh, Amanda Rogers. 
uh, fan favorite episode from uh, the original Miss Q, if you will. Original Miss Q, indeed. Q who knew, indeed. Q who how now brown cow? Are we doing a, a Doctor <laughs> Seuss episode at some point? Yes. I feel like we could do it. I feel it's, like we could do it. It's it's a good episode. I'm if sure. we if we get like a, a five star version of like Travis and Flotter, I'm sure we could work. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Why would you speak such a thing into existence? <laughs> Why would you let that exit your mouth? Look, I'm not saying I want it to happen. Man, I want it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Rogers punches above her weight class on voyages for sure. Um, I could probably get a super cut of all the posts and statements made by people who said, yeah, I added a few stars to her after the event because I like the character or whatever, and she's making tons of voyages, which... Even as a side primary, they may not be the ideal order. The power is still um, good enough for that skill set that she'll make she'll make runs for you if you star her up. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you haven't locked into a copy of like Leonardo da Vinci or you didn't you know, manage to sign a copy of Torpedo Sergeant McCoy, this this skill set is worth grabbing in almost any way it comes. Like you know, even like Loken, who I think we were quite down on, like and is in a different order. If you can get any bit of edge med, it will last you for a while, and the more options you get, the better. Like you're never gonna feel like you wasted citations on an edge med crew most of the time. Like even someone who's down in doldrums, like in voyages, like Temple Prison of Chicote, that's still the only five star version of Chicote. They have enduring value. And if I could say a word about her traits too, she came to us in that Q continuum, continuum slash scoundrel mega. Now, when that happened, they gave John Delancey's variants his own invisible tag and then they gave us the q continuum tag so does that mean that they are maybe on the back burner going to do more q events down the line maybe exobiology has already grabbed um two event bonuses romantic last week had a bonus and prodigy is another one of those a little esoteric but it's in the right number of bonus uh, crew range that if you see that one don't be shocked so yeah. with it with a top 10 side base she could certainly pop up unexpectedly Cool. Okay, I think that wraps up this week's Tuesday pack. Come back next week to see uh, who else is going to drop for us. Okay, so let's have a brief chat about um, one of the interesting new things that's come up in the last week, which is the birthday pack. Now, we've had sort of birthday sort of Tuesday packs before, sort of celebrating various crew. But now we're actually getting sort of for the wonderful price of 1,500 dilithium. And I think we briefly touched did we touch on this last week? I think we might have. Was it I think when it was the, 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 the Flocks one? Yeah, it was the Flocks yeah. one. Well, this week we had the uh, the Saru uh, pack, and now it seems like they're going to do this a bit more regularly. So let's have a talk about the uh, the Saru pack, which is different to the Flocks pack in that it has two legendaries and a super rare, which is a little bit contentious. Yeah, it's mostly the fact that. It's an immediate downgrade in quality, which I'm never a fan of. Because okay, so if you go from three golds, all of which have their own place and their own value, to two golds and a purple. Hmm. And you can easily make the argument, and it's, and it's a worthwhile argument to make, that you know, if they have to fill space, you know, you, you, I'm sure that there's some point like a hard-coded limit of you can't have a, a two-person per gold. Um, but it's a case of, you know, you, you, even if you never pick that four-star version, it's still a case of it's a loss in quality in my mind because why would you ever pick that so it's essentially not an option in my mind well now does that automatically disqualify actors who only have 
Saru, Saru only has two gold. So does that automatically disqualify them? Or would you still like to see those kind of packs, even if one of them you know that you wouldn't spend 1500 for? I think maybe it's... I think because it is a case of you get an automatic behold of the gold, it's not like a traditional pack where you get a chance at one of the three. It's still a case of... Even if you only have, like, say, someone like... Yeah, say someone like Mayweather, for example. If you had like a a birthday pack for them, and it was just a case of, oh, here's like um, injured mountain climbing Mayweather and two four star variants like Mira and Tuskegee, I would probably pull on that because I want that May uh, gold mm -hmm. Mayweather, and for me that would have good value, even if it's two purples, which could be potentially the way we're going if we're looking at this in a kind of a market research thing, which seems like what they're doing. Um, in, in, in like five on. weeks, it's going to be all common crew. <laughs> you have to pay fifteen hundred for it. Slowly, just going down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pay fifteen hundred for these three one stars. Um, and it, it, that's the it, uh, for me. Um, Huawei, I'm like a case of this. I'm down on it a little bit because it is a downgrading quality. The fact of the matter is, like all packs, it depends on the quality of the crew on offer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, last week, those sloxes are all good value for money. Um, especially for fifteen hundred, Dill as a guaranteed pick. These Saru's are a little bit less like useful. You know, like Vahari Saru is like a decent dip med, but he's nothing particularly special. Away Team Saru is a good set side Voyager, but that's only good because there's very few of those in the actual game. And um, the four star is you know the four star, which is you know whatever. But if if they end up like they say doing that Mayweather pack down the line, and it's injured mountain climbing Mayweather, which is command edge med, I will take that. And I will not complain and I'll be happy about it because if you're chasing a particular white horse and you can have a chance at a guaranteed get at that white horse, that's worth it. Funny you should mention Mayweather because I have a list of the birthdays in June. Um, I think this has uh, been compiled thanks to Travis McLean on the forums, who has uh, fantastically, along with a few others, compiled a complete list of everyone's birthdays, because I think everyone would like advance notice of how they're going to spend their dilithium. But uh, mm -hmm. June, June, uh, just a, a brief rundown of some of the notable ones I picked out. Uh, June 1st, we've got Rene Aubergine. Or uh, how do you say his last name? Rene Aubergine. Yeah, and... Um, I think he's, um, I think due to his passing away, was it last, was it early this year or last year? Um, uh, it was early yeah. this year, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think he will definitely be a feature. And he's got quite a few goals, but on June the 2nd, we also have Anthony Montgomery, who plays um, Mayweather. Uh, we uh, also yes. have Su Susie Pla Exactly, yes. We also have uh, on June the 3rd, Susie Plaxon, who people might not, Picked that one out of the air straight away, but she's actually played quite a few characters in um, Star Trek, including uh, Miss Q, Kelia, and Lieutenant. Is it Tara Dr. or Talos? Salar. And Doctor Salar. Yeah. Yes. I, I would love a four star, a five star version of Doctor Salar. Like mm. uh, I don't know, Susie Plaxton is just good value. Every time. She's, the, <laughs> she's the female Jeffrey Coombs, as it were. <laughs> Yes. But, you know, no, no offense to Mr. Coons, but a little nicer to look at. Yeah. <laughs> Good value actor, not to be confused with great value actor. I'm sure the Americans will appreciate that joke. <laughs> On 6th of June, we have Jason Isaacs, uh, who played Captain Lorca. And, and I think the big one, because those 
I think because those lot are in the same week, I think we're more likely to see possibly one of the main cast there. On June 22nd is Tim Russ, and I can guarantee we'll probably see a birthday pack there. And uh, yeah, Tuvok does have quite a lot of good variants. He guaranteed, clip it, folks, if you're on Twitch, clip it, <laughs> send it to him on the 22nd. Legally binding. Um, yeah, I would actually adore... Um, and it makes sense because if we've got a before and after Mega coming, I don't know if we've got any Tuvok um, waiting in the wings, but... If we do, it would be a prime time to offer a mm. guaranteed shot at some decent variants like this, like some duff ones like Bartender and Marquis, who are... But Resilient Tuvok, I've had my eye on for a little while, someone who I'd like to cite, and getting a third star would make that easier to justify. Absolutely. Now, if they do a Tim Ross pack, and one of the behold options is three-star EVC Tuvok, we will have enough material <laughs> to, to convene an emergency stream. Could you imagine... <laughs> We'll hear the shouting from here. Fortunately, I can imagine. <laughs> can you imagine the amount of people said, oh, I was pulling him for ages, but I could get him for one. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Feels good, man. Oh, uh, so four of those being in the same week, first, second, third, and the sixth. If we uh, get one, yeah. I don't think we're likely to get the others because they seem to be spacing this out once a week. Or yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to oversaturate this kind of thing. I imagine we'll probably get one a week, I depending think it'll on be, like, how people's birthdays line up. It'll be Ronnie. It'll be Odo, definitely. I I'll be know. hoping for Suzy Plex. <laughs> Actually, you know what, me too. I'm for Lorca. I want another uh, Daddy Lorca. I want a chance. Uh, <sighs> Terrible card, but I want them for the art. <laughs> Yes, boy, you've, you've had crew for worse reasons, or don't even tell me you haven't. <laughs> no. I got no. my big book, tears. Come on, doesn't everyone? And now moving on to the gossip column. <laughs> Guys, no. um, we're going to move on. We're going to uh, go on to questions. We got a couple of questions this week from uh, Reverend Damar from uh, the stream last week and from Jorgamond, who has uh, actually given his gnosis and said, I will see you on the replay. So, Jorg, if you're watching this, uh, this is one for you. Uh, we had some questions from Picard Loves Red, but he gave us such a... A large amount of questions. We th- we felt we might push that one to next week and give him his own lovely little section because there's quite a lot there. We're actually running for time. Yeah, I think we'll 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 cut for time here. But okay, so first question from uh, Reverend Damar. Um Does the new show Strange New Worlds, which is coming up in the next hopefully couple of years, does the new show raise the tears of Pike and Number One? So we, we kind of contemplated this question for a little while. Um, and uh, the kind of most pressing cards like um, uh, are obviously the five-star variants, like um, Christopher Pike, the, the kind of the generic command dipstick version, he is what he is. Like, uh, you, you can't, you can't, I can't really guarantee, I can't really tell you to go for a, a vanilla card like that just because he's going to get a show in the future. There's going to be other variants. It's, it's hard to say that that's going to be a good guarantee for your investment. Um, but when it came around to Science Officer Spock, um, we had a kind of a very long conversation about one card. Uh, I think it lasted about half an hour to an hour. It was quite a while. Um, which I hope you guys appreciate that, like, with the big book, we don't just sort of, like, eyeball it and go, we do genuinely sit down and talk about this crew, like, one crew for an hour. (laughs) Genuinely. Um, and we feel bad about it afterwards, not that bad. Yeah, um, one one down, only 722 to go. <laughs> if only we had the time. I do love spending time with you, Water. Um, but we came to a bit of an unorthodox solution for Science Officer Spock, um, which is we've moved him up half a tier. 
That was supposed to be the Easter egg <laughs> for the diehard people that print it out and read it in bed with their little nightlight. You do that, don't you? Not anymore. I'm better, I'm better these days. But yeah, so tier two and a half. We promise we won't do it anymore, but we spent so long talking about him. And the reason is we reckon that he is the number one event crew in all the game for the foreseeable future. Um, the four-star Discovery variant Fugitive Spock, who I think a lot of people have, he was a free campaign crew, has had 40 event bonuses. And the Gold Science Officer Spock also has 40. So we looked at traits, we look at um, the shows that they're in, Discovery, Strange New Worlds, which, by the way, a little quirky thing is uh, we assume that, that both those variants would count for Strange New Worlds, even though they don't come from that show. It is that actor version. So with things like Seeking Spock, and I think there's another movie version, even though they were from a movie, they still count for the original series mega. Mm -hmm. So since it's the Ethan Peck version, they should get... Um, any possible Strange New Worlds bonuses. Um, you want to talk about um, New Eden Pike, I think. Yes, um, he was another one that we moved up um, just because nice big fat um, dip base, uh, still a quite a good Voyager. And the simple fact of the matter is I think we moved him down initially because he it, it debuted right alongside Pining Vena. And by comparison, even though it was very cute to have them both together, um, <laughs> They, ultimately, they didn't quite fit because even though v, uh, Vina was a slightly worse Voyager, she just had so much of a better skill set. Like she had uh, a slightly better base, um, med and psi, which is always just a little bit more attractive. And you know, nothing to say more of like uh, her actual physical proportions. Um, but the simple fact it's a case of Pike is going to be the leading man of the show. We assume. Um, I'm, I don't know how they're going to credit it, but the fact of the matter is Pike is who everyone was pointing as. I want more of Pike. So if you can get the number one pike base who is also the number four dip base in the game that's a good investment and while in the past it was a case of is he going to get disco bonuses what's pike's situation going to be like after this the fact that he now has a show i think increases his value in a way that like you know if he if we hadn't had the show i think you could have seen him slowly climb down as it is i think this is an increase in his value you say new eden pike is the 11th dip base in the game he has been knocked down quite a lot lately. Now, I now think... Just, you know, stuck in 2019. <laughs> I don't remember. I think he came first and then Vina. And so yeah. he came out and he was the new number one Discovery that's base. Right, and yeah. since we were in the middle of a Discovery Mega, that still meant something. It, and it may still in the future. One, I think. Yeah. So he came out as the number one dip. And then like three weeks later, Vina came. So anyone who chased him for that as the selling point, you know, beware. This is <laughs> DB we're talking about. Um, so I crunched some numbers um, for this question because the big book is subjective is a completely valid um, complaint statement. And it, it is subjective, but event uh, futures, event performance is certainly a criteria that you should be judging when you look at crew. So um, a small sample size in mind, I went back and looked at the period um, when we first knew the characters that were going to be in Star Trek Picard and if that's affected their event um, work since then. So I went from October 5th, which I think is when one, one of the big teaser 
trailers debuted. I don't know if I'm sure there's a few leaks before them, but in that teaser we saw Picard, Data, Troy, Seven, and Riker. So I went, and that was about eight months ago. I went and calculated events before and after. So Picard in the last eight months has had um, zero events. Now he did he had the Picard in number one that four week, but it was not a variant bonus. So he's had zero. Prior to that, he was averaging 2.7 events per year. So not a bad clip, although I think we would have expected more from Sir Patrick. Mm -hmm. uh, Troy has had one event since then. And so her previous clip was three events per year. Since that announcement, it's one and a half events per year. Data has also only had one event per year. That was the um, Expedition rerun. So I'm sure he used several of his variants um, for that. Prior to that event, he had 4.2 per year. Since then, 1.5. So a big drop for data. Um, I think most of his variants picked up work in the cyberneticist mega. And that's actually something we talked about when, when they started to reveal more of the um, Star Trek Picard plot. We thought, well, there's synths. Will we maybe get Android bonuses? Are they going to make a new trait just to screw all the old characters like Ilya Probe that have been waiting for it? Um, so I think Cybernesis was maybe their attempt at that. Maybe we'll get Android or or whatever down the line. But in terms of purely varied events, data has gone steeply downhill. Small sample size. I know, I know. It's an interesting Seven. parallel. Sorry to interrupt. I have an interesting parallel to what people thought would happen with Disco and Picard events. Thinking, right, and I did the same thing. So I leveled all my Picards, all my data. So I put them at a priority. And actually, they've... Yeah, it's, uh, it surprised me when I started yeah. looking at the numbers. Um, things get a little rosier. Seven of Nine has had two events per year. Both were half factions. So her clip went from 2.1 per year up to three per year. Of course, we're just looking at the last eight months, but it's still something. And then Riker has had three in the last eight months, which raises this clip from 3.3 to 4.5. Um, and I don't want to necessarily discredit that, but... In the eight months prior to that, he had four. So he's really been on a tear for the last year and a half. Can you really say it's due to Picard or not? Um, but that that one-ish event per year, um, even if it's not luck, is still not a big jump. So really, we haven't gotten the jump in varying events that we thought we would out of these characters, at least not more than one or two. So it does it affect the tier as well? Not really. They already have to be... A good card or have some kind of edge that you're going to want to acquire anyways and this is sort of a cherry on top so event futures are tricky all we have to go on is is the randomness that db provides but um if you're looking specifically at event work pike being the star of the show and spock already being everywhere in trek those are really the only two names that i would feel safe investing in if you're looking specifically for events yeah, because uh, the only other one that we really sort of like looked at about in the uh is obviously number one, and her variants are obviously away team number one, who we couldn't really justify eking any more value out of. Bridge officer number one, who is already pretty much an elite dip end voyager, you don't really need to try and eat more value out of her. And then we sort of looked at relaxed um, number one, whose art is a bit more off than you'd like. Um, <laughs> and we ultimately came to the conclusion that with her in particular, we weren't going to move her up. Um, and we weren't going to move her down, but she was kind of put with a little pin in there for the moment. Um, and it's like a case of the prospect of future events will keep her buoyant, but it will not necessarily improve her value. I would I would feel better about betting on Pike than I would on number one. 
but that's kind of my personal hopes mixed in there. As always says, it is absolutely impossible to forecast event futures with any kind of reliability. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, rule of DAX. How many events has DAX had in the last year? A lot less than you'd think. Mm. A lot less than the public perception would think. And it's a case of, uh, you know, it's the same advice we've been giving. Like, go for traits, go for bases, go for... Yeah. Don't think you know what names will always pop up because it will surprise you when you look at the numbers. Excellent. So I think that answers Rev Demar's question. Uh, Jorgamund from 10F asks, uh, I would love for y'all to address collections in a more direct manner at some point during your show. And uh, So just a straight up question asking, if you could just add one collection to the game, what would it be and what reward for completing it be? Could you also have a second part of the question, addressing the current collections, asking which collections need more tiers, inspiring perhaps, or which collections are missing uh, characters, such as holodeck enthusiasts? Not sure if that's cleared, but something I'd be interested in hearing, and thank you to Jorgamund for submitting that question. Well, thanks for the heads up and telling us we were going to do this question. <laughs> I did, I put it in the notes. <laughs> okay, okay. It was there. Well, then I'll let stars go first, and I'm going <laughs> to type away. Sorry, um, sorry. So, it, it was there. Cheat. It was there. I'm going to cheat. I'm Don't gonna... say Klingon. Don't you dare say Klingon. Everyone says Klingon. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm, going... I'm going first. I want a Klingon. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, last thing. Like um, we can go for the easy answer. So you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to extra double cheat. I'm going to say Klingon and Mirror are the obvious candidates, and therefore they're stupid and shouldn't be there. Well. Let's continue. Let's, oh. I'm going to double down on this. Um, Klingon and Mirror are easy. Um, that being said, if they did exist, my prospective reward for a Klingon collection would be a midwife wharf as the ultimate um, thing, <laughs> because that would mean he would actually be attainable and he wouldn't be in a six-pack, and that's oh. tailored entirely for me. Um, but listen, Klingon and Mirror are the easy answers. Um, in terms of what collections I would actually want, I think... Easy answer, like stuff like the Killing Game, I think would be a great yeah. collection, and it would actually justify you know, having finished some really terrible crew. Um, I think Far Beyond Stars is a really easy candidate, just because again, I want, I want Baseball Wolf. I, I'm a Wolf fan, and I want every variant clutched to my chest like a like an Oscar. Um, in terms of other variant, uh, you know, something. I think you could possibly pull off maybe something like a E2. Uh, collection would be good fun. Something like you know, Lorian, um, uh, Twilight to Pole. There's a few mm. crew that you could potentially throw in there. I'm sure I'm mixing my metaphors, but it's a case of Cleon and Mirror easy. Give us weird, obscure collections. Mm. I like the weird, obscure ones. Holodeck Enthusiast is my personal favorite collection. And even though Lucille Davenport is not a great card anymore, I'm still gunning for it just because I like the idea of a crew that you can only obtain by this ridiculous jigsaw puzzle with terrible crew. <laughs> I like one I saw on the uh, forums the other day and a, a post I made about most wanted collections and there was two collections. There was people who had guns pointing down and there was people who had bun uh, guns pointing out. So I thought two separate collections, fantastic. And there's quite a surprising amount. I, I chuckled when it's I like saw that. It's like a 70 crew threshold collection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about, what about you, Otto? Now I, I, I've taken away Cling on a Mirror. You have to give a proper answer now. That's okay. That was that was a bait. I knew you'd go for those. Uh, I want a drive collection. We yes, have Delta man. Flyer, uh, Kim, Taurus, and Paris. We have Arena. And if they were to add the actual... <laughs> Look at him smile. 
Um, <laughs> you could launch it with five. I think Age of Sail was launched with like five, and then the next week they added Warp or something. Yeah. Maybe they're on the uh, same event. Yeah. It was five or six. But I'm sure you could squeeze one more crew out of there. And as a married man who spends a lot of time on his hobbies, I identify with that episode. And so <laughs> I really want to see a drive-themed uh, collection. And as for which ones get expanded, that's actually something we look at quite a bit for the big book when we are judging crew. We sort of do a a uh, touch base, a check-in with how many golds, how many purples you need to complete it every few weeks because we want to try to judge relative value of collections. So um, physician is huge, and I think that tops out at 25. So you could expand that to 60, 80, whatever you want to do, or 40, 60. Um, and then I think of the other stat boosters. I think Veteran was the next easiest one to complete. Jury Rigger was one of the last ones. And actually Diplomat and Inspiring were, were right underneath that. So I was a little surprised when they expanded Diplomat because um, now you need like 25 golds to finish it. But frankly, I just want more, more um, collection thresholds no matter where they come from because that gives me somewhere to go with my crew, somewhere to go with citations and whatnot that doesn't involve just okay here's the spreadsheet this guy's ranked higher i'll go with him i i really like the the carrot on the stick of completing collections so physician first but heck do them all definitely thank you guys um i think we're nearing the end now uh we've run quite a fair bit over longer than we would and we could go on longer but i think we'll save uh and uh picard loves reds question for next week thank you for submitting it because it's a big question we've got a lot to that's talk for the about. patreon tier yes. <laughs> stay for the after show um okay guys a little bit of trivia and i'm gonna mix it up this week i'm gonna do something oh, a little bit man. different and i haven't told no, you about it tier six <laughs> the answer is the answer is always either right, 47 or tier six yeah no, I'm going to give you a crew, and I would like you to tell me the tier. Today's crew is Boxer Chicote. Oh, God. This is the <laughs> I, I am ashamed to admit. I have and... read your book. I have read your book. Um, oh, you I, automatically I, win. <laughs> I, I paid more attention to the greens, honestly, because I was kind of okay. curious. Because I, I had a, an inkling of idea of, what if I created an alt and then I just paid attention to the story of the game and kind of judged how good the writing was? Mm. And I was like, who would I need to actually get through the story? And I was like, oh, greens would do this. But yeah. I didn't pay that much attention to the blue, so, so I'm kind of on the same actual even have, keel as well. Have, have a think about the stats. Have, have a guess. Is it, is, it, is it the same kind of 10-tier scale? Yes, it's the same kind of 10-tier scale and the same kind of, uh, kind of statistics. A bit more leaning towards bases and... Um, uh, yeah, a bit more sort of leaning towards mission. Cadet sort of eligibility. Kind. Sorry? And cadet, cadet eligibility. eligibility yeah, as that, well. that's one thing. So, exactly. Boxer Chicote, yeah? Boxer Chicote. I'll give you three. So, Boxer Chicote, number I, one. I'm going to guess tier seven. Oh, that seems a little harsh. I, see no, I don't think it counts for any cadets. There's no collections, I don't think. No, once upon a time, I think those are before all our times. Boxer Chakota had a enormous security, and they actually nerfed him, I think, at one point. Um, but no cadet work, no collections. I don't know if you you base on build costs. I think with all the Maquis stuff, it might be a little tricky. Lots of boxing gloves. I'll, I'll give you a hint, not as much. 
Okay. <laughs> I probably should well, have then, to look at that. I will go with the Price is Right theme and say Tier 6, because if it's above that, I'm closer. <laughs> you are closer, but not right. I, I, if, likely rightly said he has the number one set for Three Star Crew, so he, I put him at T4 for general early game use. If you grab him and you get him up there, he is going to nail some set. You, you, some you've set opened stuff. a whole can of worms now. Oh, I have. Oh, I book. have. I do need to relook over the big book at some point and kind of go uh, the little book, sorry, and kind of go. Actually, right. It's a big. It's a big book in your heart. It's it is only big to me. It's, it's close. It's close here. It's how it, it's how it got me on the road to the big book. Anyway, uh, CMO Crusher. Oh, I'm going to say tier two. Med is hard to come by. She hits a bunch of the cadet nodes. She's only one skill, but you know. I'm going to guess tier three. Congratulations, Star. She is tier three. I rate her there. Although, yes, Med is uncommon in the lower ranks. She is strong, but she is uh, not as good as, say, Nurse Kes or some of the others in that rank. But she is a very good early game uh, Med crew. Okay, now let's go for... And I have to tell you, and I'm going to give you a big hint here. I'm going to give you a common card. And the way I rate common cards is they will be no higher than tier 7. Okay. Just because. So I'm going to give you... Crew Got a 25% chance of being right no matter what it is. <laughs> Crewman Tarsus. <laughs> okay, well he's got a bit of med. He counts for Romulan and Vulcan, right? No, just Romulan. Oh, yeah. His paternal grandfather was Romulan. Ah, yes, I see. With the first link, the chain is forged. Classic. Episode. Let's do that recap. <laughs> if we get if we get Nora safety, I will absolutely do that. Um, Can you imagine? Should be like Admiral Clancy, but even less likable. Shit. Um, I'm sorry. Are we over our time limit for this week? <laughs> a little bit. This will be this will be the last thing. Yeah, Crewman Tarsus. I'm gonna go go again and guess eight. Yeah, he's male, but he's alien, or part alien, so... And a bit of med, I feel like that gives him a bit of value. <sighs> Alright, just so there's a winner, I'll say nine. Tier 8 stars wins this week. <laughs> he does have the collection. He is actually the best one-star med crew, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> um, and I'd like to say thank you very much to Auto, to Stars, for guys for joining me again another week. Thank you to everyone that came in chat, and thank you to uh, the guys that are submitting their questions, and hopefully we will see you again next week. Thank you for another episode. Yes, and apologies of... for running a little bit over. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit over. That's probably going to be a bit more common coming forward, because we have a lot to yeah. talk about. But uh, Thank you guys. Thank you everyone much uh, for coming. Thank you guys. Thank you chat. Thank you everyone, and goodbye.